Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. Back on the podcast, my guest, Hunter Heilman. Hunter, do you do you know what what week it is? Um 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 this is the last week of Drag Race UK. Um, well, I guess it technically um, is. Oh god, what else? What else is happening this week? Um Oscar Noms, ha- baby! Let's go! Who is Oscar? Uh I actually used to work with someone named Oscar. Fun fact. I was about to say, is he at a is he at film inquiry? Uh no. Although, uh, you know, this could be the Oscar Isaac Awards. That's that'd be a podcast to do. The Oscar Isaac Awards where we just give out like random awards for just things Oscar Isaac does that we like. Yeah, and I, I mean I can really prep myself for the Snatter Cut by um making sure all of the Snatter fans know that I will compliment Sucker Punch, that I'm not just a hater before I give my actual opinion on it. Uh, that's next week, Hunter. Next next week is Snyder Cut week on film inquiries the latest but this week we have to break down the nominations for the 2021 academy awards a because it's a big deal and this is a historic award season b because after initial plans to do an episode on the russo brothers movie cherry starring tom holland i decided a, no one I knew had seen the movie other than me, and B, the movie was really bad. Oh, that's why you texted me about that the other day. Okay, I see. <laughs> well, and I just needed someone to just kind of, like, reaffirm my kind of just, like, gross feeling I had after watching that movie. I, listen, I was like, I don't think I want to watch that movie. And then they were like, really? Are you sure? Because there's a shot that takes place from the inside of Tom Holland's ass. And I was like, listen, in any other year, maybe I'd be cool with that, but not right now. I don't need that. I don't need that dark energy in my life. I definitely uh, texted, you know, some other friends of mine that I texted, just curious to see if they had seen it yet. And they were like, no, I'm not watching that. And I'm like, you don't want to see Tom Holland masturbate in a porta potty? Because that's a scene. I did hear about that. I also did see someone use a clip of him in a car, like just having a complete meltdown, like slamming against the seats and shit. And that looked kind of funny. But then I was like, this is y'all's king. Maybe, maybe also just. I, I will. This, bit. this is what I will say about that movie. And then we will move on to much better things. Um, I feel like the more honest version of that movie is like the Steve McQueen hunger version. And not. Okay. Like, I actually thought in the review I wrote for Film Inquiry, I kind of said that, like, the 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 most effective part of the movie is Holland. And, the, you know, I feel like a just more honest movie would just be like, here is this, like, charming, like, young American kind of, like, embodiment of, like, the charming teenager. And we're just going to, like... Beat him up. Basically. Yeah, we're just going to make him, like, this, like... Suffer. Make the twink suffer. Yeah, we're just gonna like, I want that. Uh, I, I you know, just make him this like disgusting drug addict, and yeah, I don't know. We're of like, we're gonna make you watch him mentally and physically deteriorate on screen, and that's gonna be horrific for you as an audience. But didn't they try to make that, him like a forty year old at the end? 
like twelve year old Tom Holland, didn't they like give him wrinkles and a and a mustache? Not to give away the ending, sorry y'all. But... He he does don a mustache at the end, but I don't know. I was just like the more honest version of this movie would be just like you have to watch Tom Holland's like body decay before you. Whereas like instead of like whatever the Russos brought, which was just like every random visual flair you've ever seen in a music video I did, just thrown at you. I did fast forward. Like, I didn't, like, watch the film. I did get on Apple TV, though, and I did kind of run it along the timeline because I wanted to see the aspect ratio changes happen, but I only wanted to see it happen in about 4.5 seconds, not two and a half hours. I'm already, I am already committing myself to four hours of Snyder Cut. I am not doing two, two and a half hours of the Russo's not doing marvel yeah um sure feels like them kind of waving their heads in the air and saying hey you know how you say those marvel movies aren't that visually stylish um we're gonna prove to you we can do style but in a way that kind of backfires on the movie i think sometimes corporate meddling can help directors we'll table that for next week Uh, um hunter you know so let's talk about these Oscar nominations. I first want to kind of talk to you like big picture. So I think let's first talk about. Remember, they got rid of the popular (laughs) film category. Uh, So I I actually think best picture is a good way to start. Like, so we had eight nominees this year. They were. I was surprised. I thought there were only going to, I thought there were going to be 10. I thought I read that somewhere, but I guess. Oh, see, I, I I did not. I never believe anyone when they say they're going to 10. They have not gone to 10 in so long. I just am like. I guess that is on me. So. So you're, 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 you're eight nominees this year. The father, Judas and the black Messiah, Mank. Minari, Nomad Land, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and Trial of the Chicago Seven. Good, so good I wanna... lineup. It's predictable, but it's a good lineup. Okay, so that that's that's a direction to go in because I I want to ask you kind of like looking at these eight movies as just like a collection of movies. What like what does this collection of movies say to you about the year we had last year? About what? the academy is right now and kind of like where their mindset is i mean i see what i'm saying like kind of like what big picture image do do, does these nominees do these nominees give you um for once i mean i would have loved to have seen like an actual horror movie in there but the father is close enough for me um i think like it shows there is an actual like a fair amount of like diversity not just in like the cast because of any films or the producers of them which you know uh judas and the black messiah i read today johnny tweeted that it's the first producing team all black producing team ever to be nominated for best picture which is awesome but um you you're seeing a lot of different types of films in here because they're all very different from each other save for maybe like you know, Minari and Nomadland are both kind of somber dramas, but they cover such different ground. You know, The Father is this, like, introspective drama slash thriller because it is horrifying to think about. Judas and the Black Messiah is that, like, really powerful biopic. Trial of the Chicago 7 is the not powerful biopic. Um, and, you know, ev- and everything in between. You have, like, the hip new movie on the scene, Promising Young Woman, kind of the classic Ode to Old Hollywood with Mank. I mean, it does kind of cover every major archetype that you think of when you think of a Best Picture nominee. 
it's mm-hmm. like the European indie, the biopic, the the old Hollywood worship. It, it really does like hit every single one of those things. I think the biggest, the two biggest shakeups that I saw in there that I was surprised by, but not upset by. I was very happy to see both Sound of Metal and The Father make it. I thought those were definitely going to kind of like, I knew Sound of Metal was obviously going to get into like sound and stuff, but Mm. I thought The Father was kind of just going to like plateau at Anthony Hopkins, and I'm glad it didn't because I really, really like The Father. Yeah, I think, you know, when I look at this collection of movies, um, it's sort of a contradiction to me in a lot of ways of like, I think these are all kind of like how you mentioned these all kind of fit a very familiar kind of Oscar bait like formula. Like, like these all kind of fit into a very comfortable category of like a type of Oscar movie. But as far as like, didn't open up many wild card things though. Right. Like, categories because a lot of people film their movies and they the next year they get nominated mm-hmm. for oscars they weren't able to do that this year or yeah the ones and that i did, actually like think... malcolm and marie didn't work out oh yeah well i'm i'm, I'm glad you mentioned last year too because you know just the way my brain works i'm oftentimes like comparing one year to another and you, you and i did like a, a fun thing a fun thing last year of like looking back on the different sort of nominees lineups of the last decade and I think if I'm looking at, I remember last year, like overall, I thought was like one of the like best in terms of quality of the movie. Like, like the, the, yes, there were a couple of movies like Joker and Jojo Rabbit that you and I were not fans of, but I would say like as a whole, like the most movies I've liked in the best picture n- lineup in like a, quite a while. And, but at the center of that, you know, a lot of those movies were about, they were all kind of about the same kinds of people like at their center. They were all very male, all very white. And that's not say anything about the quality of the movie, but there was a sameness in terms of the people at the center of those movies. Um, And this year, I think we have kind of a flip where I think this is the most diverse lineup of best picture nominees. I think we've ever had just in terms of like what kind of, which, what kind of people are at the center of these movies and what kind of stories are these movies telling? But I I I don't know. Maybe this is just me. I'm I'm just not that like enthusiastic about like this is like a group of movies. And I think, you know, so much of that is to do with just like the events of the last year. But like I I don't know, aside from maybe like Nomad Land and Minari and maybe Judas and the Black Messiah, like I don't at least for me personally, I think this is a a list of nominees that, you know, when we're looking back at it 10 years from now, we're going to be like, this was a really important moment for diversity. But I don't I, I, I'm questioning how many of these movies are really going to kind of like hold on in decades from now. And I'm personally like having a hard time getting excited for most of these movies, even though I think like this shows kind of like an exciting step forward for the academy if that makes any sense yeah i mean i get that i think like i think the movies that think that they're gonna be the ones that hold on for a long time are going to be the ones that don't i think maybe save Mm -hmm. the judas and the black messiah i think that'll kind of go down going forward but like trial of the chicago seven especially like now that like 
Trump's out of office and now everything's okay again. Um, but <laughs> funny but how that works. <laughs> but, but that's the thing from the Aaron Sorkin perspective, it probably, I mean, that's how he would view it. I mean, it's pretty yeah. productive. So it's like, Oh, the work's over. So it's like, Oh, well, we're not even going to think about, you know, how things were messed up back then. It's all good. Now. I don't think that trial of the Chicago seven will be that going forward. However, I do mm-hmm. think a lot of these movies are going to speak to certain audiences really profoundly like i think like i think something like sound of metal really really heavily speaks to audiences with disabilities who have been like really really heavily sidelined throughout this Mm -hmm. entire like throughout the entirety of the oscars and then something like you know minari that speaks to a very specific type of experience that i talked about when we were when we did it on the podcast that it can be boiled down to like immigrant story but then asian american immigrant story korean american then korean american in arkansas type it's like a very specific thing but it can pull itself out to a big picture um and then like promising young woman i think speaks to like a really specific point in like I guess, I guess for lack of a better term, like women's liberation right now, where it's just like really coming, women coming into their own with sexuality, but also like coming into their own about trauma as well. And I think Nomadland could also kind of stick to that too. But Nomadland, Mm -hmm. I think, does it in more of a prestige way. And I think the more prestige movies are actually going to be the ones that don't hold on as much, which might signal a big change to what we'll see at the Oscars going forward. I don't see the trial of the Chicago seven maintaining much relevance. I don't really see no. Mank. I mean, Mank kind no. of struggled. To it, it'll be like with. the eighth best David Fincher movie. You know what yeah. I mean? And then, I mean, even something like Nomadland might not hold on to younger audiences as much or see, see that's, and then the that's father will definitely not do that. The father, I mean, yeah. it's a, so it is a Sony pictures classics awards movie. Every now and then, I think one comes along and snags us, but A, they cater to a very specific audience, and B, they can't market for shit. So it's like, even if it was amazing, no one would remember it because no one knows what it is. I I mean, I saw so many non-film people today talking about the Oscars being like, what is the father? And I'm like... It's great. I think because it's only really been in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like, no one's had a chance to see it. But you don't know about it because Sony Pictures Classics is... Like mm-hmm. they get great movies and then they just flush them down the toilet. Yeah. Just, I mean, I mean, it's interesting you bring up Nomadland. I, I just looking at, <laughs> and you know, I don't propose to be a better indicator at this than anyone else, but I, at least to me, Nomadland feels like the one that's like, if only because I believe Chloe Zhao is probably going to become yeah. like a big artist. And like, I, I can see this being like, like this being to her, what kind of like something like La La Land, what is I think going to be to Damien Chazelle of like, Oh, this is the movie that's going to like open, open the gates to them. And they're going to be, yeah. and allow them to do this other project and this and that and of like, I think she has a much bigger career ahead of her. And maybe we'll maybe looking back in 10 years, this will be like her first, fourth or fifth best movie but of like well, we'll everyone's we'll gonna look say at this is like for a while because it'll be the one yeah. that gets her the oscar because let's be real here it's getting her the oscar um right you know that's that's gonna be the thing that's gonna put her on the map and then it's gonna be things like eternals it's going to be things like yeah. the western dracula which oh my god every time i think about it, i just get <laughs> like chills 
Um, it's going to be those things going forward that are going to speak to different audiences. And I think Nomadland is going to be that meeting point of like, this girl is cool. Let's look into her. And I think that's almost, I mean, it's kind of what's happening a little bit right now with the writer as well, where it's like, mm, no one knew mm. about this movie. Fun story. The writer was also a Sony Pictures classic for release. Huh, fancy that. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, people are really going back and like looking at this movie that really went under the radar and because they're seeing this movie and they're like who is this girl who is like who is this like amazing filmmaker and i think that's going to be how nomadland acts as chloe shaw and i think a lot you know i think a lot of people will think it's her best film but and it might be objectively but it's not going to be her most original going forward because i think she has a lot up her sleeve creatively a very diverse like yeah definitely a very diverse director director's eye going forward which i think is going to be fascinating to see her change so much with each film you don't see that this is also like this is also like uh i think a very political kind of grouping of nominees except for maybe like the father and sound of metal are the only two that i don't feel like fit this but otherwise i feel like political anything involving like accessibility especially like within society for people with disabilities that is inherently political because people okay make so, it that i mean yeah, yeah i feel like the father i mean so except for the the father like you know i feel like what the academy picks here i think will say a lot in like what what kind of groups of people get behind which of these movies i think kind of says a lot about like what also what political interests they want to and what statement they want to say with this these movies i mean Judas and the Black Messiah is you know i think there's a lot of parallels and themes to god everything i mean everything we as a country have been talking about in yeah. the last you know year as well as probably should have been talking about in the last like i don't know 100 years yeah. and you know mank i think a relationship between media and politics mm-hmm minari you know an immigrant story for social politics yeah nomadland you know i think i think that movie kind of doesn't quite understand its politics as much as i love that movie but you know i I think there is an idea of like what the economy kind of does to people and about kind of this shrinking american working class promising young woman i think it is as much as any other movie i've i've seen in the the last three or four years like is a me too movie yeah and is about like these conversations we need to be having about consent well it's and very about who straightforward we about it it's not like a, oh we're gonna make this like really cool metaphor for like all of this like yeah stuff going on it's like no this movie is i mean it's it's de- directly kind of like how the assistant was which was like this is a movie directly about this this is not some grand yeah. like metaphor for something we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about this explicitly and in your face because at this point it's kind of the only way to get people to listen the assistant a movie i like that i i feel like a lot of people saw but kind of got ignored this award season okay i didn't see it my mom watched it but like also let's be real here the oscars awarded stuff to harvey weinstein for like 40 years they feel really guilty about it and don't want to recognize it yeah that's not maybe that's not fully accurate but that's what i think is accurate and i mean trial of chicago seven 
Less said the better, but I mean, yeah. the ultimate kind of like Hollywood politics kind of grandstanding movie that you can make. I mean, um, it's very like voting for Biden in the primary type of movie. Like, not so, um, you know. But yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, even with something like Judas and the Black Messiah, like, it's not the most progressive voice in the world because it is a studio produced movie. However, it is one of the most progressive studio released movies yeah. i've ever seen so i think it, it shows a big step and i think that judas and the black messiah kind of coming forward last second to really pull a lot of the heat away from like you know trial of the chicago seven and sasha baron cohen for best supporting actor at least i hope you know i think that might signal how a lot of people are changing how they view politics and movies and that mm-hmm. maybe it's not always about the politics maybe it is actually about the performance or like how objectively good something is to where even if they don't agree with it it's like not a problem that's the thing with trial chicago 7 it's like objectively i agree with the viewpoint you have here i don't think you go in hard enough and i think you're really clunky with how you approach it it's not like i disagree with you inherently it's just i just don't think you do it well yeah, I would a thousand percent agree. Let's talk about some of the other nominees. Um, let's talk about some surprises that kind of showed up. Uh, I'll just kind of run through some stuff that I thought was kind of surprising. Uh-huh. Um, Thomas Vinterberg showing up in Best Director and, for and another shutting round. Shutting out Regina King too. I mean, all yeah. At the same I mean, time. I I have not seen another round. I I was informed today that yeah. it is on Hulu, Hulu now, and so I'm I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, it's really strange. But, I mean, that he I, got nominated. I would have thought Mads Mikkelsen would have had the edge over him as director. Yeah. I would have thought that yeah. it would have been like foreign language, and then than him and then i would think probably like screenplay before even director i never really yeah. heard, i never really heard people talking about Vinterberg until i saw it today i'm not mad at it i like i like thomas Vinterberg, but yeah it was just I, I think it's 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 a good i think example about how sort of international the director's branch has become in yeah. recent years which and, i like and you know, i love that yeah definitely noticing that because i feel like they love just nominating foreign films solely for foreign film and i don't think that that should always be the case yeah i i'm you know thomas vinterberg he is he's part of the he's part of the dogma 95 yeah. group yep. suit so, so uh, i mean th- this is someone who She's has international acclaim God. uh i the other kind of surprise i thought was um you know one of my favorite things to make fun of is category fraud in these things and i thought one of the funniest um tweets today was uh i think it was matt singer at uh screen rat saying um so who is the lead in judas and the black messiah (laughs) okay so i did read about this someone did post this of like what happened and the thing is with a even though they campaigned lakeith stanfield as lead because that's it's not a Mm -hmm. warner brothers thing this is an oscars thing the oscars gets to choose what oh well it's kind of like how ncfca is where they're like if you don't know what category it is just put it what you think is most um right not to give like the inside tea on our organization, but like that's how it is. Or like put it in what you feel is most appropriate. And I feel like a lot of people just didn't know and played it safe with supporting and played it so safe that they ended up getting 
you know, all of that. I mean, yeah. I read somewhere that it happened when, and I think it was like 45 or something. I can't remember who it was, but there was so much screw up with all of that, that someone got nominated for actor and supporting actor for the same role in one year. So, wow. I mean, we should be glad that it's not that, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see Lakeith Stanfield there, but it's like, we couldn't have, we couldn't have booted Gary Oldman or something. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I, but also, I, 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 yeah. I'm so sad. Let let me let me first set let let me first be positive. Um, I'm glad to see Lakeith Stanfield in here. Yeah. I some some people I've talked to about Judas and the Black Messiah. I I understand the devil's advocate argument against that movie. Of that movie does not does not understand. I I've I've talked to some people who have very mixed feelings about that movie and specifically that character, which I was kind of suspecting after first seeing it of like the the screenplay i don't think i don't think the the screenplay really has a good hold on that character but i think lakeith stanfield's performance he is such an expressive actor that i feel like he is at least for me kind of filling in the gaps that the screenplay is not giving you as far as to like what you should feel about that character yeah but um yeah, I just sort of cocked it up to category fraud and of people seeing the, you know, like Chadwick Boseman is such a lock for best actor at this point of like, maybe Lakeith will have better luck. But what, what you said actually makes more sense. And I kind of did hear that today. Um, They're also all old. What the so fuck is going on with, with, uh, what, the, like... Delroy Lindo? Like, what, what, okay. what are we going to do? Well, it's, okay, so what? this is kind of Did one of those... Did not see that movie? I know. This is one of those things where it's like, I've been campaigning so hard for this all year, and eventually I was like, like, in June, I was like, that's an amazing performance, and like, I hope, it's it's so good, it can't lose steam by the time the Oscars come around. It, like, it just can't. That, like, it's so good, it's not going to happen. And... And then I was watching everything for the rest of the year. And I was, cause you know, when things come out in June, you see something and you're like, yeah, okay, we'll see how the rest of the year pans out. And the entire rest of the year, I was expecting a moment where someone would come along and take that from Delbert window for me. I expected it with Chadwick Boseman. I almost had it with Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Never happened. But then the Golden Globes happened and all of these other things, all these other award ceremonies that shut him out too happen. So this is kind of one of those things where it's like, did this finally kill me? Yes. But instead of blowing my head off, it just kind of smothered me quietly. It's just like, I expected this, but it still doesn't hurt any less that it didn't happen. My my second favorite performance of 2020. Yeah. I mean, I, in general, I, I would say like he was, I mean, hands down my best actor choice by far yeah um, i i bad bad luck for defy bloods um you know i yeah, think such i a listened great film. i listened to i'm a big fan of wesley morris i listened to an uh an interview he did on the bill simmons podcast this past weekend and he admitted himself not being as big of a fan of defy bloods but i i think he kind of even predicted that it was not going to wind up getting that many Oscars for two, for two reasons. One sort of being the, the kind of unfortunate reason of like it, that movie came out almost a year ago. Like, like we were closer to 
that came out what june of last year and june 12th march yeah and if so the unfortunate thing of just like it's it's gone through the take cycle as well as as someone who just wasn't a fan of that movie he said like i feel like people also like a lot of people saw that movie and just like a lot of people saw that movie and that movie is not as like i i think delroy lindo even the people i know who don't like that movie like that performance but like i i i was hearing even this weekend of like i don't know that that many people like the five bloods and even if that many people do i feel like most people have forgotten about it yeah um like i really like it I love that movie. It was one of my favorites of last year. I am, I, I mean, again, not shocked. It's not there. It's just kind of one of those movies that I just feel like, you know, it's too, it's too good for the Oscars. It's too cool for the Oscars. And it's just like, yeah, the five bloods, it was just kind of, it was sad seeing it kind of fizzle out the way that it did. But I, were there any other surprises that um, showed up for you? in in these nominations um had andrew day not won the golden globe i would have been surprised Mm. about that but i'm not now i'm so i'm so happy that maria bakalova got in for borat borat i'm so happy she got in I my favorite ex- performance of 2020. I didn't expect that she was gonna. I was like, I, I, you know, I've, I've made peace with that. It was kind of like a Delaware window situation where it was, where it was like it came out in October. There's been more stuff since then, more Oscar-y stuff, and I was just ready to make peace with that. And I was so happy to see her today. Oh, I almost screamed. And then also seeing um, Yoon Yoo Jung for uh, Minari show up as well. I was, I was super happy about that too, just because like again what a performance and then i like seeing olivia coleman show up too um if only because i hope both her and glenn close lose so they can finally know what it feels like well glenn close knows what it feels like i want glenn close to i want olivia coleman to go down with glenn close because i want them to just kind of like have that look across the room of like well shit neither one of us could pull it out this year yeah um and Um, then yeah and then i mean those are like the big ones that surprised me there were some things kind of in and around like i was kind of surprised by international film and that really only like another round which was like the big kind of of last year i wanted to see la llorona show up but again that was one of those things i was like i am throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that it sticks for that to show up because it's not gonna um i was also a little upset to see that um i really wanted promising young woman to come in with the costume design production design and makeup and hairstyling as well Mm. i because i think the oscars really just love to focus on a period piece and while emma probably is the best of the last year it's just one of those things where it's like, I want them to focus on contemporary stuff. Like, how can we look at the production design and Promising Young Woman? Like, all of that pastel, just loveliness. I mean, I just think of the pharmacy in that movie, just how well lit everything was. And, like, just the color schemes that are used in that. Yeah. And, like, everything of how, like, the ent- Carrie Mulligan's entire wardrobe and the hairstyling of it all. I just wish it could have shown up in there. I, like... Pinocchio? Pinocchio? Really? That's what y'all chose? 
I mean, I feel like there are other more <laughs> obvious Oscar movies beyond that. Like, whatever i'm not i mean i'm not that upset about it it was just something that i wanted to see um but i'm not surprised we didn't i am glad the father got in for production design though because that's that's one like if it's not any of the other ones the father is just fabulous um right and then <laughs> love and monsters for visual effects yeah <laughs> like I mean, I heard that movie was cute. I didn't see it, but that movie didn't. Uh, really? Like really? really, 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 like I feel like there were just so many. Uh, also, the one and only Ivan. Who, I forgot that movie came out. Did anyone watch? I that? did too. I okay. mean, I'm sure people the, did, but like, I didn't. Here, here's another weird question of mine. Did, was Sean the sheep? Formageddon, a movie that came out last wait, year. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm. So, I had this on my list. I'm so happy about this. I love Ardman so much. I'm so glad they got in. It did come out. It came out in August. And okay. Um. Yeah, that's one that everyone's just been forgetting. And when I, again, that was one that I saw today. I was like, wait. I forgot. I was like, about is that, that a movie from this past oh, year? I, I I remember it coming out because someone I know like watched it but um... Ardman is the t i love their animation style i didn't even like first man or not first man early man very much but uh mm. it, it was still i still am just like transfixed by everything that they animate so i was happy to see that show up in there um mostly over um Earwig and the Witch. I almost said Hedwig and the Angry Itch. I'm like, that's uh, not it. That is not a... a that's, an, that's... an awful, horrendous movie that we will say nothing more of. Yeah. Um, let, let's, let's, let's go through each of the, the categories and kind of like, we can use that as sort of like a moment to talk about. Like, stuff we're glad is there, stuff we're shocked is not. Um, best director, obviously, we mentioned Thomas Vinterberg, David Fincher, Lee Isaac Chung, Chloe Zhao, and Emerald Fennell. Um, great to see two women in yeah. in this award. Um, I feel like this is Chloe Zhao's race to to win. Lose, yeah, yeah. Chloe um, Zhao's race to lose. Yeah, I think. Yeah, because like Vinterberg, it's like you were the fifth spot. Like, let's be real here, sir. You were the fifth spot. Um, mm -hmm. Fennell, I think, has more of a chance at screenplay than. That's uh, probably fair. Uh, the director, though, I would not be surprised if Promising Young Woman walked away with zero wins. Um, yeah. Like, I don't want it to. It's genuinely my favorite of the Best Picture nominees. However, it is not a movie I see sweeping the Oscars. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm glad to see Lee Isaac Chung show up, especially because I was reading today, I was reading a story today about how, like, when he was writing Minari, it was kind of his, like, all right, I haven't made it in film. This is going to be, I'm just going to... I heard that too. I'm about to just kind of throw it in the towel and it's like, ooh, like, look at look at God work. Like, he is, he came through and just literally snag directing. Um, and Mank, it's like, it's a stylish movie. It's, you're also David Fincher. I don't know how much of a director's how much how much of a spot in directing he would have gotten if he wasn't david fincher 
Is that bold? I, I don't know. I, I think it's a from. very well directed movie, even if it is is I think like minor for him, if that yeah. makes sense. But um, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen Regina King show up in there just because I love Regina King. But you know, you can't win every single one of them, and I can't say that I'm like sad to see Vinterberg there because I think he's someone who like as a filmmaker again while I haven't seen another round it's good to see someone you know who is at least deserving get their flowers and I don't think there's I don't think there's anyone in directing even though I just went off about David Fincher I don't think that there's anyone who is undeserving in this category which is not always the case (laughs) so I would say that about best actor and definitely best actress I mean best actor is Riz Ahmed, who I think is, if if not the uh, Chaz- yeah. Chadwick Boseman, it should be him. Um, so him for Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, <laughs> Gary Oldman for Mank, and Steven Yeun for Minari. I think that's a great lineup of of men. Um, could be better. But, okay. <laughs> well, it could be Del Orlando. Oh, that's true. Well, yeah, I guess I would. Take I would. I would who. sub old. I would sub old man yeah, window. I would but sub old man again. Like, even though I wasn't a fan of Mank, I mean, Oldman was acting his ass off. I wasn't particularly mm-hmm. enthused by it, but he was acting his ass off. So I'll give him that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be Bozeman, Bozeman at this point. Like, I think Best Actress is the best acting category. If It's Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day for United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising a Young Woman. All terrific performances. I think like, it's be- it's between McDormand and Mulligan. I think. Yeah, I think I, that's true. I don't All, know. Andre Day can, might sweep in, but who knows? Yeah, I can I say my my favorite of these is actually Viola Davis. Really? That's yeah, it interesting. Is that's yeah i mean that's probably my third favorite of the three i i mean you know how i feel about carrie mulligan and that damn movie mm-hmm. i mean it's time i just think like francis mcdormand has had hers viola davis has had hers that's true vanessa kirby and andrew day those are performances that have guaranteed them spots in hollywood for many years to come i i love vanessa kirby in that movie i like do not like that movie but i i think what she is being asked to do in that movie and and how well she does like the first 30 minutes of that movie alone i was like that woman should get an oscar even though i like hated the rest of that movie yeah however carrie mulligan has been nominated before has been in hollywood and around the block for quite a while and has not gotten her flowers yet it is time for Carrie Mulligan to get her Oscar. And I think this is not only that movie to where it's like, yeah, it's time for her to get her Oscar. I also think it is the movie where she is actually deserving of an Oscar too. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, let's give them that. Cause they, you know, have been around a while and it's like, it's time. It is both time, but she is also deserving of the award at the same time. Not just yeah. because she's been around the block and like, she deserves that. She deserves it because she, in my eyes, gave the best performance by an actress in a leading role last year. Gotcha. Best Supporting Actor. We mentioned Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya both being nominated for Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, we also have Sasha Baron Cohen for Child of the Chicago 7. We won't say any more about that. 
uh, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, and Paul Racy for Paul Sound Racy. of Metal, who I, was I thought so was. I was happy to see him show yeah. up. I thought, I thought he was out, and I'm so glad he isn't. I, I was worried that, you know, he is not that big of a, a name that, you know, I I I I was worried that was not going to be a a thing, but I'm well. Really that's glad what I thought was going to keep both um Yunu Jung and Maria Bakalova out as well because they just aren't the name, and you know they do go off the name a lot. So I was happy. To, I was really happy to see him show up. Um, I think at this point, I want to say it's between Racy and Kaluuya. I know in my heart of hearts it's, it's truly not, it's, and it's Kaluya and it, well, it's it's between Kaluya and Sasha Baron Cohen, but I think Kaluya has the more of the edge, which thank God he does, because you know, I think it is a better performance than um, agreed. I've never been put on trial for my ideas before. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just I'm not. Uh, yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen probably gives my least favorite performance of the ones that i've seen in this and do you know the person he's playing is supposed to be like 24 yes i do <laughs> yes i do um yeah not a fan it's crazy i don't i don't want to hear anyone else complaining about daniel kaluuya being too old for his role as fred hampton when sasha oh, baron crowen daniel kaluuya can look young yeah, that's exactly. His skin he's is not like perfect. a middle-aged man playing a person in their twenties. He's what, thir- like, he's what, like, th- maybe thirty-five? Is he thirty-five? Mm. No, he's like thirty. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hold on. I think he's thirty-two. Thirty-two. I I was in between. Um, at first I was like thirty-five. I was like, no, that's another actor. I feel like it's older than he looks. But like, that's the thing. Daniel Kaluuya doesn't doesn't even look thirty-two. So, like, maybe mm-hmm. he looks 25 playing a 21-year-old, but, like, sit down. Yeah, no, um, I think Kaluuya is both the favorite for this category, and I also think he is the most deserving of the five, I would say. Agree. Yeah. Um, so. Supporting actress, you have my, my favorite performance of the last year, Maria Bakalova and Borat, too. Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman in The Father, Amanda Seyfried in Mank, a, a performance I actually really, really love. And, I do too. Um, I don't you, like Mank. Again, I don't like Mank. Love yeah. Amanda Seyfried in that movie. And I just love Amanda and, Seyfried. And uh, Yoon Young Jung in Minari. Um, I. I hope it's not close. Like Glenn Close, and not like a close race. Um, I. I hope it's not. I want it to be. I mean, I would honestly be happy with any of the other four except for that. I would be really surprised if Olivia Coleman won. I feel like that. That, both, that seems like the one that's like the fifth, a thousand percent not likely. But otherwise, it feels like anyone's race between those other four. I would say. Yeah, and I would say like I mean I would love for it to be just between Yoon Yoo Jung and. Uh, and Maria Bakalova. I love Amanda mm-hmm. Seyfried's performance. I love Olivia Coleman's performance. Um, Glenn Close was by all technicalities in that movie. Um, but like, yeah, I wish it was between them two. I don't think it's going to be Bakalova. Honestly, I feel like that's, don't I don't think it's like going to be because I, well, here's the thing. I didn't expect her to get in nominations at all. So it was like, you know, I will scream to the top of my lungs if she isn't there. 
however. I feel like Yunya Jun would give a really killer speech, though. I feel like she just doesn't. I just feel like she doesn't give a shit anymore. I feel like she's just. I like, feel like I'm, the the place to nom to for Minari to win is maybe an original screenplay, and yeah. I I could be wrong about that because I I think that you also mentioned Emerald Fennell being nominated for original screenplay along with we should say like everyone who wrote Judas and the Black Messiah. Sound of Metal also nominated there. Trial of Chicago 7. I, I think it's going to either be Promising Young Woman or Minari, but yeah. I, I think that's where those two movies could get their yeah. kind of moment in the sun. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where, I mean, like, obviously there are two very different branches that vote on that. However, I feel like Promising Young Woman, if it wins one, I think it'll be Mulligan, and I hope it's Mulligan. I would rather see Mulligan walk away with it yeah. than best screenplay and i would like to see minari really get in there because i think minari's screenplay is beautiful as well um yeah but yeah it's so personal too i think yeah i hope i hope that all of the reporting that glenn close is like the front runner is just like really just do like undervaluing the academy's acting branch who knows this is the one toss-up i think this is the one where it's like i can maybe figure out who's not gonna win but i can't fully figure out who's gonna win yeah so i I think my third it's also the most exciting it's the most exciting category for me too yeah definitely that i mean both of the actress categories are like 10 times more exciting than the acting actor ones this year I, I would agree. The actor ones feel like locks at this point, and the actress ones feel like they're they're like two toss ups. They're yeah. like two or three different people who are in play. Yeah. Um, adapted screenplay was another surprise for me. I mean, obviously we had like, I I, I kind of love that all like not that like nine different people were nominated for the Borat sequel, which is a it's largely gonna, improvised it's movie. Gonna take- 45 seconds to read off all of their names because they have to read every single one of them also nominated the father nomadland one night in miami and the surprise for me was the white tiger which i have not seen have you seen that i have not but ramin barani uh raleigh north carolina native oh wow yeah so um yeah so that's fun um i think think it's probably nomadland if i'm being honest it's either going to be nomadland or the father but i think it's going to be nomadland i think it's one of those i think it's going to run with a lot of different awards that night i, I think, think it's also ones. yeah i think that's also such a i don't know i mean that that to craft that movie from that book and to do it in the way that it is like that book is so much like a collection of different stories and the craft it as this sort of like travel log with this Francis McDormand it's character. It's so I, well researched. That, that that's to me is the clear favorite. I think whether or not they want to sort of spread the love around, which, you know, does not always happen, but like if they're going to give Chloe Zhao director, if they're going to give her best screenplay too, too, um, that would be the only like hesitation I would have, but uh, otherwise, I mean, I I think that is like from a sheer what from like transformation perspective, like the most yeah. impressive of these screenplays. Yeah, um, I think like the father, obviously. I mean, the father is very much so just like a lifting of the play, just very well translated. Mm-hmm. Um, Borat, I think Borat's super clever and really uh like 
pertinent to, like, the climate. However, does that mean it's the best? No. And does... I would also argue that Borat... Like, it has a screenplay. Yeah. But, like, is it a screenplay screenplay? Because so much of that movie is improvised. I also kind of have this worry in the back of my mind. And, like, I, I can take her to leave the Borat sequel, but... I part of me wonders if that movie is just too too raunchy and too ugly or even tossing to like you know what Wesley Morris said over the weekend too honest about the state of the country in the last year for the academy like that that is like a really ugly movie yeah and you know there there is still this bias against like raunchy comedies and yeah. whether or not like that kind of gets in its way. Um, I don't know. That'll be interesting to see just, how that shakes out. I just out. realized that not only are they going to have to read off all eight fifty eleven names of the screenwriters, they're also going to have to read the entire title of the film. It's not going to be like the Golden Globes where they say Borat subsequent movie film. It's got to be Borat subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bride to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Screenplay by Sasha Baron Cohen, Anthony Hines, Dan Swimer, Peter Paynham, Erica Rivenosa, Dan Mazur, Jenna Friedman, Lee Kern. I did that Incredible like 15 stuff. seconds, but you know they have to read it slow at the, at the thing, at the award show. But yeah, I would, I think Nomadland, again, I would like to see the love spread, which in that case, I would give it to the father personally. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. how the Academy feels. However, if we are just going by what the truth is, it's no bad land for me. Both yeah. in what I expect and what I would honestly give it to. So before wrapping up, I wanted to briefly touch on animated feature and documentary and international feature. Not not too many surprises here. I think I was surprised at the documentary category of like a lot of the more talked about documentaries from last year, like Voice State or um dick johnson is dead did not show up i was surprised that dick johnson is dead i wasn't as surprised with boy state if only because i well i guess a24 run that ran that campaign it wasn't apple thinking about it yeah i i wonder if that's just a thing of like people don't have the apple streaming service and so no one i i I feel like i i know very few people who have seen that documentary i also understand from kyle buchanan who kind of covers the awards beat at the new york times that this is a very a very stuffy and very um rigid um voting body who votes for the documentary pick and they are they are oftentimes not as open to the more kind of experimental or more kind of quote like pop documentaries yeah. that, that it's, it's a very very um like old school very rigid uh group of people who yeah. who vote if crip camp this wins award. this year this will be the second year in a row that barack obama's production company wins something which, yeah honestly they might just give it to him just to suck up to him. I can't say that I wouldn't, but like, I don't know. I feel like the most I've heard is probably, I mean, I've heard so much about time. I've heard like, it's, it's good. Good. I've and, heard and good it actually is a little er- experimental. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, I feel like with collective both showing up in 
documentary and international mm. that could give it a that that could give it a bit of a an edge or at least in that there's obviously a good enough amount of people that like this movie that two separate bodies within the academy which rarely happens nominated it i mean it's very rare that a documentary ever gets nominated in international film i mean last year there was what was it uh, uh honeyland Honey, Honey that Land, what it was called what it was. yeah, yeah. It was like north macedonia which was like that's a country um but yeah that was that but yeah i think it'll i think time probably has the most buzz surrounding it but that's obviously from my own circle i don't know what the actual documentary people are thinking because again yeah, from my I, own circle, i've i've heard a lot of people praise um collective i have not seen it uh-huh. um is that HBO? But I, I, I don't know. I, I think you make a really good point, though, about that showing up in both documentary and international. However, Honeyland Honey won Honey, documentary. No, or it no, was American it Factory. It lost both. That's true, now that I'm yeah. thinking about it, maybe I'm full of shit. Um, who knows? That's, you know. But also, Neon did run that campaign, so it was kind of one of those, mm-hmm. like things right um it's okay it's an hbo europe production but it was released by magnolia which i feel like every other best documentary winner is either like magnolia or like amazon at this point right but yeah i think i think it's either going to be time or collective and then international i mean at this point i feel like it's kind of got to be another round because that's the one with the most yeah like absolutely buzz. buzz out of all of them especially like considering a lot of films just weren't even nominated by their respective countries um Mm -hmm. i really wanted france to go for it nominate cuties as theirs because i just wanted to see the world burn i haven't even seen that movie i don't even have i haven't either i have i have strong opinions about how that how that filmmaker was treated but like i just wanted to see everything implode but you know they didn't choose it and guess what their nomination didn't get nominated at least with Les Miserables getting chose over uh chosen over Portrait of, Portrait Empire, of Empire they at least pulled out a nomination they could have mm-hmm. well no they wouldn't have because Parasite was last year but still would have been a good thing but um yeah I I do not know how to pronounce Quo Vadis Aida I've heard of, I've heard a fair amount about that to where i'm not surprised it showed up i'm not surprised i'm kind of surprised collective showed up in international film but also like same really better days i i haven't seen i haven't really heard of it i have not heard of the man who sold his skin so i've not either um this this is gonna be a rare year where like most of the international and documentary films i i will have just not seen just because hey it's more it's more movies i have to watch i mean i think all of them are available somehow so yeah i think it's an interesting category but you know i get to watch movies i i get to watch new movies now it's not ones i've already seen yeah and it's not so much i mean i think another round's a lock but i don't think it's so much of a lock the way that parasite was so it keeps keeps yeah toes well for the sake of time uh, we probably don't have time to go through all of the other categories, but well, I, I don't think they're interesting. They're not huge surprises, but do you have any kind of like last thoughts on just kind of like 
these nominations, where this award season is going. I can't believe we still have to wait a few more weeks for this so, for this show, but I yeah. I don't I don't I'm I'm worried that like I'm expecting the sh- the ratings numbers to be like astronomically low, horribly low, and yeah. I'm I'm I I think this will just we'll look back on this season and this will just be a weird year, yeah. and and well, I, I, just... I, I I worry that this is a collection of movies that although I think there are good there's good stuff nominated and people I certainly really like that are nominated I'm I'm worried that and maybe it's because of last year you know we were talking about Parasite and Little Women and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and whatever the fuck we thought of joker and this year it just seems like there's zero conversation around this stuff except for i i I guess a few people in my family have been watching nomadland so the movies this year i feel like more yeah like people talk about movies more when they're around people i feel like oh you seen any good movies lately oh yeah i went and saw joker the other day and it sucked because we're being real here um but like you know it's it's not as much this year of just like over zoom it's like you see any good movies lately i don't know i watched 12 movies on netflix yesterday and they all blended together um so it's just a different it's a different it's a different climate literally for movie watching and we'll see how that pans out i mean i have a few grievances obviously i've made those all very Mm -hmm. clear but i'm not so egregiously offended by these that i wouldn't say this still isn't a very consistent year do I think yeah. things are like show stopping in the same way last year was? No. However, I also think following last year, unless they had just pulled every stunt out of their ass they could, especially after this year, I know they weren't going to, but I knew pretty mm-hmm. much last year before everything hit the fan, it was not going to top last year. So yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. I'm like, you know, what goes up must come down, and it just came down really hard this year but that's still mm-hmm. i still don't think that means that there are like movies that are not like worthy within that i think that is absolutely the furthest thing and the furthest point i want to make like there's still a lot of things i'm very excited about here it's just maybe not it's not parasite exciting yeah so. well i think that's as good a place as any to end it hunter will definitely have you back for as this award season progresses and uh yeah at a snail's pace it's never gonna end i'm gonna live here forever yeah see you in um six years when this award season is over i'm going to die